Welcome to the Prayer Houses podcast channel. We're so glad that you found us here. My name is Fortunators and in a moment, you're going to be hearing one of the sermons from our Sunday meetings where I got to share what it means to be a new generation of churchgoers. As a church, we've been praying about this and I hope that is a blessing to you. If you want to get in touch with us, please email connect at prayerhouse.uk. That's connect at prayerhouse.uk. You can also send us a direct message on Facebook and Instagram and we'll get in touch with you. So I've just become more and more and more conscious about the world around us changing. And the thing about change is that we are all unconsciously, maybe hopefully very intentionally and consciously, we are all readjusting to the new world that we find ourselves in, which is post-COVID, right? So um, lots of things have changed. The way government works changed, the way you do things, the way you do business changed, the way people go to work has changed, right? We're living now, we've moved past the industrial age where you went to work, did nine to five, Monday to Friday, you come home, have weekends with your family, go to work again, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you're taking extra shifts. That has changed. It's a more hybrid situation. How much, like, we're all aware of that. A lot of us are doing that, right? You work from home a little bit, you go in one or two days, or sometimes you work from home completely. Whatever your work might be requiring you to do, the world is changing, our work ethic is changing. Uh, there's a new generation coming up, Gen Z is coming up, who will live in a very different world to what a lot of us grew up in. And the way they will apply for jobs will be different. And the way the things that will they, they will ask for with their employer will be different. Right? So just this last week, I was talking to a family, and they were saying how the grandpa, so this story is about this grandpa, and then they have the grandson. So I was doing a little comparison. So the grandpa um, was, he, he's gone now, he, he's older. Um, I think if he had been alive, he would be in his 90s. So he, he grew up in that stage where you give everything you've got for your employer, right? To make it happen. Like he, he cared so much about his business. I think this company he was working for, he, he gave them part of his pension and all that to keep the company afloat when they looked like it was going under. And then, you know, the company went under anyway and he lost his pension and they had a really difficult, but that was... That's how you did it. You gave everything. You like you really believed in what you did, and that they're, they're an American family, so it's even more um, that sort of thing happens there. But then they have their grandson, like two generations later. Grandson won't stay in one job for more than two years, right? He just keeps moving because he is twenty something year old. He he just keeps moving around because when you talk to him, he says, "I, I know my." the business guys, the people I work for, don't really care about me. So I will just keep going to whoever I feel most cared with. So this just means that he moves around. That, 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 that sense of like, oh, we're just really loyal people. We stick to it. Or like, we, we will stick to it in the good times and the bad, and we'll make this happen, we'll make it work, we'll take the extra shifts. It's changing. It's changing. People, people don't even want to come in nowadays, right? It's like, can I do this job from home? And will you still pay me the same money? That, that's one of the questions that's happening right now, right? So things are changing. We are, we are all, like, there, there is a readjustment, sort of like a calibration to a different norm 
coming into this world. And the, the surprising thing, and not, maybe not very surprising, is that the church is changing. We've been through the same thing. We often forget that the church is made up of simple, normal people. It's just you and me. This is the church, right? And for, if you have a whole group of people who've been through whatever we've been through, whatever you want to call it, and you come out of it, we're all affected. And if the church is made up of people, then the church is affected. So one of the things that we've been praying about since our time of fasting and praying in January, this, this year, this one phrase that has kept coming back, is a, God raise up a new generation of churchgoers. Right? We've been praying for that. What do we mean by that, right? What do we mean by um, a new generation of churchgoers? Yeah, yeah, we want like more and more people getting saved, but new generation churchgoers has very little to do how, of, about how, how old you are. It's more about what your priorities are. It's not an age thing, it's a passion thing, right? We're not saying, God, get rid of all the old people. Let's fill this church with young people. That's not the new generation of churchgoers that we're praying for. When we say, God, raise up a new generation of churchgoers, we're saying, God, raise up people who are passionate, who are on fire, who are filled with the Spirit, who want to see things differently, who don't just settle, who pray for the miracles, who see the miracles, who know that they carry the authority that Jesus has given them. Raise up a generation of churchgoers who know their identity in Christ. That's the church generation we want to raise up. It's not an age thing. So even as we go about our day and go through all the changes that we're going through, it becomes more and more important for us as individuals and as a church to be very careful about what are we being calibrated to. The most famous story about the piano tuner, the one who tunes pianos. If you have 10 pianos lined up and the tuner tunes the first piano to the tuner that he brings, they usually carry a tuner and they tune it. And for the next piano, if the piano, the, the person tuning the tuner tunes the second piano to the first and then the third to the second and then the fourth to the third, you'll find that the 10th piano is way off than the first one because he wasn't tuning it to the standard tuner. So that's why your piano tuner always carries a small tuner and they hear it and they tune it, they tune it. So the first one is tuned a certain way. The second one, repeat the process again. Repeat the process again, repeat the process again. If, the, if we keep adjusting ourselves and in our adjusting, we move away from making if our primary focus and goal and our desire and our passion is not for Jesus and his presence. And we keep thinking, oh, oh, th 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 this, this church is doing this thing. Let's try that now. Oh, this person, this ministry is doing this thing. Let's try that now. Oh, let's do this. Let's do this with the kids. Let's do that with the kids. If we don't make it our priority as a church, to keep calibrating, keep readjusting to ourselves, to the person of Jesus, we're soon going to lose the plot. We'll soon get too busy doing too many things that Jesus never asked us to do. Just go and make disciples. Baptize them. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. 
prophesy over them, gather them. That is what the church is about. Right? One of the things that we have become more and more intentional just through the, throughout this last year is um, trying to bring our core value or focus um, to, to the front again because we found ourselves, um, you know, needing to do that more and more, more and more, more and more. And what we, um, Paul, Paul and I, we talked about it. And the thing that has sort of stayed with the prayer house, and this is, this is not a new thing, this has been part of the DNA all along, but we've just found a different way to communicate it. And this phrase, heaven touching earth. How many of you, those of you who've been around, have probably seen it somewhere, heard it somewhere. Heaven touching earth. When we had the old building, right by our gate, there was a big orange banner thing and that said heaven touching earth. I remember looking at it. Um, but that, as, as a church, as a prayer house, that is, that, we, we want to be a church that every time we meet, we are marked by the presence of God. Absolutely. Every time we meet, we are marked by an encounter. That you will, know, you will not leave one of the meetings. It doesn't matter this. Life groups, everything that we do, the kids out there, everything that we do. Every time we come together, we're marked by the presence. We're marked by an encounter. Why is the presence unique? Because presence means favor and that God is pleased with whatever's going on. You read through the Bible, you read through some of the stories, it becomes very clear very quickly that if God is not pleased with his people, they don't find him. Do they? Like the presence of God being manifest. Or when, when we say, you know, we often, a lot of visitors, when we have visitors, when we, uh, even last Sunday, we had a few visitors. And one of, their, one of the testimonies that we received as a church is that, hey, we felt the presence of God in this place. When we say that, when we hear that, it means that God was pleased what was happening here so think about that in maybe in your own life if you're feeling like oh i don't feel it or i don't i'm struggling or i don't i'm not finding it just maybe take time to ask okay god is there anything that i'm doing or not doing that is unpleasing as a church as a body we want to be united in that. And we want to have his presence mark us every time. Every time. So I'm going, to get it, it, I'm going to try and just encourage us with a few things, really. So as we go on, as we go on, I would love for us, we've got 82 days left in 2022. Right? 82 days. Starting today. The rest of it, oh, I, we should be doing this forever and ever, but can we agree that we will become more intentional? Intentional about 
gathering, about his presence, about encounter, about the spirit, about the things of the spirit. Let's become, let's sharpen our focus a little bit more. Not that we're doing a bad job, but the only answer to everything that's happening around us is more of what we have, is more of Jesus, right? Is more of the spirit moving through you and me. So as we, as we become more and more intentional, as we become more and more focused with these things, the things of the word, with the things of Jesus and the spirit and God, we will find ourselves in a better place regardless of what's happening around us. And that's why this is important. That's why focus is important. If we get too distracted with busy things, then we lose focus. Then we lose focus. Um, let's, let's look at a couple of, couple of scriptures, uh, if you will, in, the, in Numbers chapter 14. Um, verse 24, just a quick context of what's going on here. So the, the story of Israelites going into the promised land, the spies, the 10 spies have been sent out, right? And they come back and, uh, sorry, was it 10 or 12? 12, no, 12, 12, 12 tribes, 12. So 10 of them have a really sad and um, a challenging report Whereas two of them, Joshua and Caleb, have a faithful report, let's call it, right? A faithful report. And this, and then what happens is they, they all start, the, the people start, um, you know, going crazy about it. They're like, oh, we should have just died in um, Egypt. Why do we even try coming here? Why do we even do any of this? It's like, ah, blah, 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 blah. And they rebel against God and Moses and the leadership. And then God says, like, you know what? I'm going to kill everybody. And then Moses intercedes for them. Moses says, no, 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 God, don't do it. Because, Lord, you please remember us. Please remember there's, there's all these nations watching us do this thing. And they would then question you. And they'd be like, why did God do this to them? And blah, 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 blah. So God says, okay, okay, because you've asked, I will pardon them. But this is the testimony. This particular verse is the testimony that God gives about Caleb, who was one of the guys who had a different report, right? The report that Caleb and Joshua uh, said was, let's go at once and take the land. So they, were, they said, God will help us take the land, even though there's lots of challenges for us. He has been with us. And so then God says this about, look at this. But my servant, Caleb, has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of the land. In different translations, that's the NLT, it says different attitude. In different translations, in the ESV, other translations would say he had a different spirit in him. Caleb had a different spirit in him. Joshua had a different spirit, and the word spirit there is not just like a spirit of hope and spirit of joy. It's like, the, the word is ruah, which is the spirit of God. So Caleb and Joshua, when they went and brought the report back, decided, actually, I'm going to readjust and calibrate myself to what I believe about God rather than what I just saw and all the challenges that I have in front of me. 
And they, they made a decision that I'm, I'm going to be filled with a different spirit. I'm going to have a different attitude to others around me. And God says, you know what? I honor that. I'm happy with that. I'm pleased with that. And when these, these two guys, they, they, um, the people who were upset about the whole thing, um, they, the whole, they, in, in previous verses in verse 10, it says, but the whole community began talking about stoning Joshua and Caleb. They were like, you two guys, you don't know what you're talking about. We're going to stone you. And you know what happened? It says, the Bible says, it says, the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the temple. And suddenly God turned up because you know what? God was very interested that the people saw that what Caleb and Joshua were doing was the right thing, which was adjusting them to the spirit of God and what the spirit was doing rather than what they just saw. Rather than the giants, they saw Jesus and they saw God. They saw God. And that word, I, I like that word in, in, um, in verse 24. He remained loyal to me. Uh, in, other, in, in the King James Version or other, other translations, you would, you, it, the words is, he followed me fully, fully. Completely. So that word there used for fully is that it, it, what, what was saying, what God was saying was the word can also be translated as that, that fully can also be translated as accomplishment or the end of. In other words, I'm going to say this. In other words, God was saying that he followed me and found a sense of accomplishment. He was found a sense of satisfaction in following me. In following me, he wasn't always just thinking, ah, oh, maybe better, maybe better. May, oh, this or that, this or that. Like he wasn't wavering in his following. He found, he found himself fully satisfied, fully accomplished. He found the end in all things in me, in following me. So this is what I want us to go home with. Let's calibrate to Jesus. In the readjusting, let's do it to Jesus, the person of Jesus. Let us not forget, Joshua does this beautiful thing when after Moses dies, when they're about to, when, they, when they're taking on the promised land, he says, remember what our servant Moses did. Let's, let's become also people, a church that remembers some of the things that God has spoken to us about. Right? Let's not forget the, the vision and some of the things that have been prophesied over us, over us as a church. Let's not forget all those things. We, things, just a couple, couple of examples. One of the things that has been said about the prayer house is that the nations will come to the prayer house. I mean, yes, it's already happening, right? <laughs> through me. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, it happened through me. It will keep happening, but we want nations in the plural coming together that this will be a house of prayer for the nations. That has been said about us. That Weymouth will be a place of um, breakthrough. That has been said. That there will be a move of God in Weymouth and that will go 
into the rest of the nation and then to nations. These are all just a few things that have been said. And those who have been around for a while will know more. Let's become people who remember those things. Let's not forget that God is putting us and pulling us together because he has a plan for us, for this community, for this town, the towns around us, and for this nation through us. If we lose that sense of identity and vision and purpose, then we're just wanderers. Let's just get along every now and again. There was a moment with Jesus where um, this question was asked to him. And they asked Jesus, Jesus, why don't your disciples fast like how the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast? Why aren't they following the same rules about fasting? And Jesus gives his explanation about Nobody should be fasting when the bridegroom is here and should be celebrating. We should all be eating. But then he says, but let's look at it in Mark chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. So he's, this is what Jesus says in 21. He says, besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And then in 22, he says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskin, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. So when Jesus was asked about fasting in this, in this instance, he was asked about fasting, but Jesus was making clear, he was trying to make a point very clear, is that there is a new way of doing things now. And for that new way to be accomplished, there needs to be new things put in place. Right? He didn't say John was doing it wrong. He didn't say blah, 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 blah. He wasn't pulling John down. He wasn't pulling the disciples of John down. But he is simply saying, listen, I'm here. And this means everything's changing. This means we don't put new patches of cloth in old, in old cloth. We don't put new wine in old wineskins. But new wine needs new wineskins. And so, as a church, let us be people who calibrate to Jesus. Let us be people who remember the things that God has spoken to us about. Let us also become people who are saying yes to being new wineskins. Let's also become people who are saying, I want to be a new wineskin that is ready for a new wine to be poured into me. I, I want, Lord, do a work in me where I am being fully and always equipped to the new work, to whatever this new thing, the new season. I don't, I'm not going to use any of the Christian jargon, the Christianese that we can use. I want to try and stay away from it. But whatever it is, Lord, that you are leading us into, you are leading me into, 
I don't want to be stuck with tradition. I don't want to be stuck with cultural way of thinking. I want to come and say, yes, I'm ready for you to pour things into me afresh again. I want to carry fresh new wine. I want to carry a fresh anointing on me. I want to carry it every day. I don't want to keep holding on to the way I've been doing things just because it, that's how we do it. Not that, that's the really interesting, not that with John, the disciples of John, not that fasting was wrong, not that it, was, it wasn't that the way they fasted was wrong. Jesus didn't challenge any of that. He says, listen, I'm here. Things are going to be different from now. So in your life, in my life, in our lives, what is Jesus doing? And are we saying yes to becoming beautiful conduits to whatever he's pouring out? Or are we continuing to stay stuck with like, oh, I, I just wish, oh, I just wish we were having a building. Oh, I just wish we could have this thing again. Oh, I just wish, I, oh, I remember 20 years ago, this was such a good part of the prayer house. I really enjoyed that when we did that as a church. What is our language? What are we looking forward and dreaming forward? Or are we constantly reminiscing about things in the past and comparing the present to what God did through us in the past? Or are we saying, yeah, there's a Red Sea in front of me. You know what? I'm going to walk right through it. Oh, yeah, we don't have a building. You know what? It doesn't matter. But I'm going to get here every time. I'm going to make sure that the presence of God is here. And I'm going to come prepared. I'm going to be excited about that. Does that make sense? Is it making sense? Every, the way we talk, the way we communicate, the way we relate, the way we pray. Are we looking to the future? Are we paying attention? So when Paul preaches and says, you know, um, last, last Sunday's preach, he was talking about Peter and how Peter had matured in his understanding of the word love and how he went from just uh, relating with Jesus with a brotherly love to telling and encouraging others to actually go deeper into a more unconditional love where uh, unconditional love and the love that God has for us. So when, when Paul preaches about that, Let's pay attention and say, let's really actually, let's reflect on that. Because that's an important message. That is a message, is a core value of everything that we do, love. So let's not just think about, oh yeah, Paul just wants us to love each other better. But actually let's take a moment and think, okay, have I adjusted my life to that value? Have I thought about this enough? I would love us to say yes and say yes to become a new generation of churchgoer. A new generation of churchgoer whose core value is Jesus and his presence. The thing that I pursue is Jesus. The thing that I want to see the most is his kingdom come, his will be done. A new generation. It's not about age. It's about priorities. It's not about how old you are or how young you are. It's about what you're passionate about. What is your passion? What is our purpose? 
Hey, I hope that was an encouragement and a blessing to you. Now, if you want to talk more about what you just heard, simply email us at connect at prayerhouse.uk. That's connect at prayerhouse.uk and we'll get in touch with you. If you'd like to know more about the prayer house, visit our website prayerhouse.uk. That's prayerhouse.uk. Take care. God bless.